Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, typical Indiana weather. We had two straight weeks of sub-zero temperatures and now it's in the mid to upper 40s and all the snow has melted and we're just, you know, rolling with it. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, yeah, the snow's all... I think we talked about this last week, the, the weather things that we both uh, were, were dealing with because you said that you were snowed in which is why we actually recorded earlier last week because uh, you were at home but uh, yeah the snow's completely gone here in uh, in the UK so uh, I suppose that is pretty good. Uh, other than that what you been playing? Uh, well I haven't had time to play a whole lot. Um, I'm still playing Valheim. I like it a lot. It's um, very much a uh, Shadow of the Colossus inspired game uh beat my first boss and the bosses are actually really important in this game because that's how some of the mechanics unlock uh for example you know i found copper but i couldn't mine it because i didn't have a pickaxe and you don't get a pickaxe until you defeat the first boss uh thankfully the first boss isn't all that hard just basic kiting skills can get you through it and then the second boss coming up once i defeat that then i can unlock um swamp dungeons and that'll let me start mining iron uh and i'm i haven't looked that far into it but i'm assuming it just follows that same progression throughout a uh, little bit of uh Abraxia 2 still enjoy that game it's such a throwback to the old school games um it's very enjoyable uh and outside of that nothing really of note i've you know downloaded a few things off of game pass to try it but you know it's like oh that's kind of cool and then you no know, play it and it's like oh that's <laughs> Not really my thing, and just move on, so. Cool. Uh, well, I, I remember last week mentioning that I'd finished Little Nightmares 2, because I did the review for it as well, so you can have a listen to that if you want to. The review itself has done very well, so I just want to thank everybody who's listened to that as well. Because with a game like Little Nightmares, it does have a kind of niche audience, but uh, it's, it's done better than what I actually expected, the review, uh, which has been very good. Uh, just a quick shout-out, by the way to the uh, official Little Nightmares Twitter account because they were tweeting some just some things about Little Nightmares 2 and uh, I put my review twice in the uh, reply comments and they liked the tweet so that that was really really nice of them um, and then I, I noticed a few other people were liking it as well but uh, it's always good when a verified account of something that you follow either likes or retweets your stuff especially when it's the review of something that you've posted and the account the official account of that thing that you reviewed likes the tweet as well so that's that's really nice uh so that was quite good um the other game i had ongoing at the time was a uh, hitman 3 i'm gonna say that i've quote unquote finished it i haven't really i mean i didn't finish the game i've finished my time with it um it's just i feel like hitman 3 took a weird direction where it really tried to focus on story a lot more than what i thought it was going to and probably a lot more than what it should have. I just feel like that's a game series that's where... Fair enough if you've got hints of like an ongoing narrative. But they really kind of tried more than more than what I expected. And <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with trying too much with this story. As long as obviously what you do comes off pretty good. And it was somewhat engaging. I also wasn't kind of interested in it at the same time. I, I saw the amount of effort they were putting in. But um, I kind of feel like that took away a little bit from the 
actual gameplay itself because you do the first this isn't really spoilers you do the first couple of missions which are kind of normal stealth missions then you do like a knives out kind of thing uh based on the um ryan johnson directed film from two years ago i think that's two years old now that film uh so it's sort of like a murder mystery kind of thing and then they do this other thing to where you're like hunting these uh agents and i was like this doesn't really feel like hitman because i'm sort of just doing other things um and then i did the 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 last sort of main assassin type of mission which i actually had a lot of fun with i managed to pick up a sniper and uh, i was trying to kill this person in in a crowd and obviously i didn't want to take anybody else out uh so i managed to do, to do that that was quite good um i also did, i also did this quite cool thing to where um one of the because the i think it's the second to last mission you've got two targets to take out and one of them's in this like villa type building uh like house kind of thing and one of them is walking back and forth between uh the downstairs reception and the upstairs like um lunch kind of dinner outdoors area like tables and people and you know food and drink that kind of thing and uh the woman that's walking back and forth between reception and the uh upstairs garden you gotta kill her uh, and then there's the there's a guy that you kill who is in uh, the main kind of villa house kind of kind of building that I just described. Now, what's interesting is both of these characters. I've got two characters that are with them. One of which you can't kill, otherwise you fail the mission. And one of which, like one of the people that's accompanying this person, uh, one of them you can't kill. And the other one's got uh, his wife with him. I think it's his wife anyway. Um, who's kind of walking around the the villa house sort of thing they've obviously got security all around them uh so obviously you've got to watch out for that because you don't want to get caught um because you know it's different to being caught if you're if you're caught by a civilian and they kind of run off you can maybe grab them or whatever but uh, if you get caught by security then you enter combat and that's where everything uh gets ruined um but i did this kind of thing to where i killed one of the guards who was outside this villa house thing that i just described uh, took his uniform and that, took his disguise, took his um, submachine gun of some kind. Kind of ran my way into the house a little bit, like sprinted into the house. No, nobody nobody saw me. Um, someone then found the body somehow that I killed, even though I buried them in a bush. <laughs> uh, but I guess they walked in there and found the body. But I thought it would be a little bit more concealed kind of thing, because it's not out in the open. Um, and then I had my assault rifle, and in order to do the bit slightly before that you have to get um like checked like frisked or whatever and you can't have what's labeled as illegal weapons so i had to put my pistol down and i thought okay i want to shoot this guy so i'm going to need to do something else because i can't go back to my um pistol because i'll need to get checked again and you basically can't go through that so i <laughs> so there was about two floors i think to this building i run in there with my assault rifle it's him and his wife upstairs and I think, okay, one thing she's going to be... Like, I'm going to probably have to kill her as well because she's going to be a witness at that point and she wasn't really walking away. So I ran upstairs into the building and just blasted both of them. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the gunshots were heard. I hid inside of this um, wardrobe kind of thing, waited for things to cool down a little bit, and then I uh, ran off and finished the mission. That's what I want from Hitman. Um, but the third game sort of after that mission and before that mission you sort of just have these other different missions it's like just kind of try to stick to like what the what the series is good at i, I appreciate their their effort to 
excuse me, to try some different ideas on that. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just kind of need to stick to what you're good at and uh, just just keep going with that. Because the first two Hitman games from this kind of trilogy um, did that pretty well. Did that quite good, uh, quite quite well, and uh, I, I quite enjoyed them for that. But um, any thoughts on the situation I just described? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of an aggressive stance to take in a Hitman game, but that's mm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, you know, I'm not that much into the hitman games so i really don't play them that much but outside of that it sounds like you're having fun yeah i did i did but that particular mission yeah um because i took the identity of this other guy uh managed to get myself up these stairs took out these two guys that were watching over this sniper because i thought hey i probably need that sniper to take out the target took those two guys out uh, I basically like threw a coin, one of them got distracted, I killed one then killed the other while his back was turned. Uh, got the sniper, the sniper was really kind of, um, wasn't wasn't steady, let's say that, so I had to be really careful with that. But uh, took them out and then uh, the job was done. So, I mean it wasn't like a completely clean run through, those are very difficult to do. Uh, unless you kind of know the level back to front I guess but um that was that that was at least it was good for for that particular level that I played so that was good um apart from that I've been trying to catch up with some some shows that I watch uh or I'm watching because I've just got a mountain still of things to watch plus um have you you've heard of star haven't you the disney plus add-on for the uk have you heard of that at all I've heard of it. They don't advertise it here in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, you you wouldn't you wouldn't need it over there. It's basically for um, like ABC shows, Fox, FX, Hulu, so so that those mm. shows so that shows on those networks have more of a dedicated UK home, which it's about time that we actually kind of did. Uh, that launched today, so I had even more things to kind of watch. But uh, on the on the way, I've got. Um, do you remember that game that was advertised or had a trailer? Uh, said about eighteen months ago that John Wick hex game, kind of like a mm-hmm. like a strategy turn-based game. Yeah, yeah. It it came out on PC, I think, and then it got a PS4 release later. I've been sent that. When did I get sent that? Yesterday it hasn't arrived yet. It should be here tomorrow. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to checking that out. Whether it will be good or not, I don't know. But uh, it's it's something interesting to play and uh, get to play as good old uh, Mr. Wick. So, see how that goes. Uh, and then I've, um, I'm have i going to try again with uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, remastered, because that's the other game that's been sent to me. I've got a plan at the moment, right, because I've got a few games that I've bought on the PS4, because I still haven't finished things like Twin Breaker, Sacred Symbols game, still haven't Platinum Last of Us 2, still haven't made the extra progress in Crash 4, still haven't played... Um, there's, there's basically a bunch of games that I've kind of brought over a period of time, on my PS4, my plan is is when the 13th of March gets here, I'm going to put my rental thing on a... You can put it on like a holiday break kind of thing. It doesn't close down your account. It just sort of pauses it so that you're not using it. Um, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to just dig into some of these games I've got on PS4. Um, and then uh, once I'm kind of done with some of those, I'll get my Boomerang account back up and running and uh, get sent some games. Because there's no, there's no point in me having the Boomerang account running and paying for it and having games when I'm not going to be playing those necessarily. So instead of me doing that now, I'm just gonna I'm gonna finish off uh, or try out um, Tony Hawk's One and Two, and then try this John Wick game. Uh, basically, I'm gonna use Boomerang until the 13th, and then go on the rental holiday, play some of those games I've installed, and then go back to the Boomerang games. Um, so because other than other than Hitman Three and Little Nightmares Two, which I've now 
played both of those. I don't think there's any immediate new releases kind of coming out, at least that I can think of. So, um, none, none, none that I'm sort of like, okay, I have to play right now, kind of thing. So, we shall see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my plans going forward. Um, and that's pretty much what we have for the pre-talk. We do have a lot of news today, uh, so let's get to some housekeeping in a minute. And then we'll get into some news afterwards. See you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right recently on entertainment talk i did a couple of podcasts yesterday one was the eighth episode of analyzing television talking about structure and why structure is important for tv shows explaining what i think structure actually is how it affects things like uh, pacing character development a show being too sort of overstuffed with characters or having like lesser characters and why that can be a good thing and how that can lead to an imbalance of just it, it's uh it's, it's important for shows to have good structure so i kind of talked about uh I think I picked six six different shows, um, two each that kind of use different examples of good and bad structure, um, and uh, just sort of discuss those and went through those. So you can listen to that if you want to. Um, did a podcast. I was inspired by the uh, Assassin's Creed discussion we'd been we'd been having for the last couple of weeks. So I did a uh, kind of solo episode talking about where I am at with the franchise, going through the franchise's history, kind of pointing out different things to where the game sort of started to change a lot. The podcast itself was called The Fall of Assassin's Creed, and just discussed about like okay, started off in 2007 with Assassin's Creed. And what kind of happened as the years went on and what sort of happened to the game series. So uh, I wanted to do that episode but that was inspired by uh, some of our recent conversations that we've had. Because you played uh, Valhalla in the last uh, couple of weeks and finished it. So I wanted to do that. So you can listen to that if you want to. That does have, sorry, that does have uh, spoilers for Assassin's Creed as well. Because uh, I talk about, you know, 
various different events in the different games. So, uh, on the over on the United cast, uh, Manchester United beat Newcastle by three goals to one. Uh, a very, very shaky start to the game. Very bad performance in the first half. Brought it around in the second half. Uh, goals from Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford and Daniel James. Not in that order, but they, they those three guys scored. Uh, we play against Real Sociedad on Thursday night in the second leg of the Europa League. We've already got the 4-0 advantage from last week. So we'll see what uh, what team Ole Gunnar Solskjaer decides to go with on Thursday if he, ch- if he wants to choose something a bit more relaxed. So we'll see. Uh, the United cast yet the 4-0 win over Real Sociedad last week Thursday. Last week on Gaming Talk we talked about uh, Ratchet & Clank, the upcoming Rift Apart game. Has got a release date of the 11th of June. We talked about that. The uh, sequel to the Sonic film has got a date as well. What was it? The 8th of 8th of May 2022. So we talked about that. And there was also a one minute showcase for uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Which showed quite a bit. And we talked about that last week as well on the Gaming Talk podcast. Uh, as I said, my review for Little Nightmares 2 is out. You can listen to that. Um, and that is pretty much it that we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms just a reminder as well in terms of content uh, the walking dead does return next week so look out next week wednesday for our podcast on the uh, the bonus episodes for season 10 that they're going to be doing so have a look out for that next week uh let's get in some news Alright, uh, quite a few things to talk about today, some of which were released today, some of which were released about an hour ago. <laughs> so uh, quite a few things to talk about, but uh, let's rewind a little bit to last week. Of course, we had the uh, Nintendo Direct, the 15-minute Direct that we had. Uh, there were some disappointments that came out of it, but also some good things as well. Um, so I've written down just the things that I was interested We're not going to do a full recap here of the Direct, but uh, before I get into that recap, what was your general feeling on the Nintendo Direct itself? I thought it was interesting. It was kind of long for a Nintendo Direct. Those mm. tend to be pretty quick, uh, you know, things that happen. Um, they tend to be like 25, 30 minutes. So the fact that that was went almost an hour was kind of weird. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, so what about you? Anything exciting, disappointing, or are you kind of in the middle on, on this? Uh not really, you know, invested too much. I don't play my Switch a giant amount. I mean, there's definitely some things that caught my eye. Um, the fact that they were bringing uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword into the mix was very interesting. Um, the fact that we're getting a Mario Golf game is always kind of mm. cool. Yeah. Um, some of the old classic games um, that they're getting remastered... Uh, Ghost and Goblins, uh, Bravely Default, uh, um, the fact that uh, Famicom uh, Detectives Club, which never made a US and I don't think it ever made a UK release, is getting remastered. So it's you know kind of cool in a, in a historical in a uh, history of gaming kind of a thing. Um, so those kind of caught my eye a bit, but that's really kind of about it. So. Yeah, that's pretty much the things I've got written down. Uh, Mario Golf, Skyward Sword, uh, Triangle Strategy, I think it was called. Looks, ba- It basically looks like o- Octopath 2 
Um, so those are a few things that kind of caught my eye. Uh, Mario Golf, are you going to play that at all? Any, any particular interest? Uh, I'm going to see what comes out of it in terms of, is it a, like a, a standard golf game or do they do something stupid with it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I'm not going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, I'm not going to invest anything really in the multiplayer. Uh but once they said about like the campaign and you can kind of level up your character a little bit, uh that kind of had me a bit more interested. So I'm going to try it. I mean it will I'll probably be able to rent it, so I'm going to do that through through Boomerang whenever that is going to be coming out. Um but yeah, in terms of like doing the online competitive golf stuff, I'm not going to be not going to be doing that. But uh could be could be interesting for uh the, the story and stuff well say st- i wonder what they'll actually do like if there will actually be like a narrative maybe because even even in um uh mario mario and sonic at the winter olympic games the last one that they did uh it might just be the olympic games but there was actually a surprising narrative there uh it wasn't very good but there's still it was there, there was still the kind of narrative there it wasn't just sort of you playing um the the olympics and that so we'll see what that's like but uh that could be of interest uh, my main problem with the winter olympics game it, it was just a bit too arcadey um but i think with a golf game you can kind of get away with that a little bit more because it depends when you start doing things like that with sports and you do some like arcadey kind of mechanics there's a fine line between kind of breaking the style of the actual sport that you're playing and kind of I, I don't know. Again, it depends what sport you actually choose from. But uh, in golf, I feel like you could possibly do something more interesting there. We'll see. Uh, yeah, Skyward Sword was what they... Was that what they ended with? I think it was, yeah. Because uh, yeah. the, uh, the guy said that um, you know they don't have any Breath of the Wild 2 news at the moment. I just want to touch upon that, actually. The Breath of the Wild 2 stuff. I uh, can't remember the person's name, so excuse me for that. But uh, he popped up and he said, like, hey, I know you want news on Breath of the Wild 2, but we don't have any yet. We'll speak to you later, basically, about it. Do you think that they should have stuck by that? Or do you think they should have just, like, not really mentioned Breath of the Wild 2? How do you think they kind of handled that? Because that's obviously a highly anticipated uh, Switch game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely highly anticipated. But if they can't even roughly ballpark a release date or they don't have, you know, more... Anything to show anything of of substance to show i have no problem with them not showing anything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um i don't know it's just kind of interesting him popping up and saying like hey you want news on breath of the wild 2 and everyone's like oh what are you gonna say it's like oh we 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 haven't got that for you at the moment but uh skyward sword as you said was announced the uh this is a port i think a remaster sort of port. yeah it was from it was a wii u game so obviously nobody played it (laughs) Um, yeah, and it's basically one of those games to where, because it was Wii U based, there's a lot of motion controls, so they had to do a lot of reprogramming to take that out for the Switch Lite players. Right. Because yeah. obviously, with the Switch, you can kind of do motion controls, but then you can also turn it off. And mm-hmm. I honestly think a lot more. I, well, it's kind of hard to say that you know a lot more people are not going to play this game because, let's face it, the Wii U never sold anything worth a damn in terms of numbers so yeah yeah um but a lot of people were a bit uh disappointed that it wasn't a different um zelda game because this is kind of i mean i didn't know i don't know much about the past reception of zelda games really because i've never really followed that crowd but now that i'm someone who's you know got a switch and that kind of thing i'm starting to 
hear more things about about certain games or, or certainly play pay closer attention to that kind of crowd um i don't know i'm kind i am kind of in the crowd of like this looks like a, i mean i don't know anything about this game so i can't judge it on that but it does look just very basic um and i saw a lot of kind of like reaction things on youtube to where like they were showing off the motion controls and people were just kind of laughing at how basic and kind of non-interesting it 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 looked um what did you what did you think of the actual look and the kind of gameplay of skyward sword did did you know anything about it was this game before? all right i mean it definitely needs more of an upgraded oomph. polish to it yeah a bit more oomph um i don't know i mean this game i think it's from 2011 isn't it so it's 10 years old yeah um but uh i i don't know i mean i want to try more zelda games and this is one that's being released so i'll try it out but uh yeah i did see some people saying that they wanted like majora's mask or um what was the other one wind waker i think they said mm-hmm. or uh o- ocarina of time is another one that people like i think um just, just to kind of tide people over until breath of the wild 2 um but yeah it's surprising because it's supposed to be is it 25 or 35 years uh zelda's anniversary that's that's coming up 35 35 yeah because mario had his last year didn't he um because of uh the the switch collection that we got of the three games i'm surprised they didn't do the same thing and just port three of the old games over um to to the switch but nonetheless they're choosing just this one i'm a shit i i think we'll still get some of the others at at some point um just obviously not at the moment so i'll try it out i'll even try out the motion controls that's something that kind of interests me um but uh we'll see how that goes when whenever that comes out uh strike triangle triangle strategy um which i thought was just going to come up with the title card of octopath 2 um what did you think of uh, this game uh it looks interesting it's just one of those things where we have to get more information on it before i really do anything with it so mm-hmm. yeah um i did play some of the um demo that kind of came out like the the um is it called the prologue demo or something you're able to like carry a save over to the main game which i never got to um this looks like it's kind of allowing you to do a lot more than the previous game did i mean i never played a massive amount of the of the first one um but i did see like gameplay of of like further into the game but this seems like it's going to let you do a lot more and possibly a lot more sort of with the team i remember one of the major complaints with the first octopath um, was that you could meet other characters and kind of uh, team up with them, but there was w- there was like a lack of crossover between them, and they all sort of like had their separate stories. This looks like it's going to be a little bit more team-based, which I think is a good idea for, for a game like this. So we'll see. It looks interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if I need to play the first Octopath to kind of get this game or to, to kind of understand it I, it doesn't seem like i need to but uh yeah that's the that's the code name that they got for it at the moment they did say that it's like a working title kind of thing so uh but i thought that looked interesting anyway uh then they had yeah a, bu- a bunch of other games as well um but that was mostly the interest part that i took they did of course announce the next um smash brothers character i think it was but prior from uh xenoblade chronicles uh i've still got no interest in smash brothers until you add i know this might seem a little nitpicky or sort of petty maybe uh until you add somebody like crash bandicoot maybe um there there isn't i mean i like you know solid snake i like people like zelda and mario um and, and a few other uh, pikachu and a few of the other characters but um I don't know, Smash Brothers seems like in order for me to get anywhere near good at it, I would need to play it quite a bit, so 
I just want another character I can invest even more time into. Um, but it's it's just funny when it, whenever people whenever um, Nintendo says like, hey, we're gonna have a direct, and there will probably be a Smash Brothers character. Everyone's like, oh, it might be Rayman or Sly Cooper or Crash Bandicoot or whoever, and it's never any of those characters. So, um, yeah. Any, any thoughts on the Smash um, Brothers edition? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I don't play the game much either, so I don't know why. Um, I mean, I know why some people would be excited on that character, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't really jump to me on that. So Yeah, me neither. But uh, that was who they announced. Uh, I think there's till, still uh, two slots in the current fighter pack. I don't know if they're going to do another one, because this, this game's got like 10,000 characters now. No, it's got about... I I remember I think when they did the base game they had 75 or something and now they've added what 15 characters maybe I'm just trying to do some off the top of my head kind of maths and guesses as to what they've done um but they've probably got approaching 100 characters roughly 90 to 100 um possibly somebody will maybe tell me how many how many they've actually got but uh it's quite a few it's quite a few, a few to pick from certainly so uh, but that was that from the Nintendo Direct. Uh, some some interesting things, definitely. There's three games there that I've kind of picked out that I that I did find of interest. Uh, let's move on from that now. For this week's episode, Robert, I've written uh, Konami still sucks, uh, and there's multiple reasons that they still do. But there's a few specific reasons that we're going to get into in this episode. Now, I've done I've written that title deliberately. Now, for people that have been listening to the podcast for a while, because this might be a first episode, it might be a second, it might be a tenth. Or you might have listened for four or five years to to this podcast. Um, But I remember when... Now, I can't remember exactly what it was that Konami did at the time. I think it was was after PT got cancelled. I think it was when... I don't know. Konami did something a few years ago. There's obviously a number of bad things they've done over the last couple of years. uh, Since sort of the fallout of Kojima. And him going on to make Death Stranding. But uh, one of the episodes I named back in the day. Uh, a few years ago was called Konami Sucks. So this is actually a reference. A bit a bit of sort of a, a meta reference. To a previous episode where I'm calling this Konami Still Sucks. Uh, I think that you were probably still on the podcast at that point. Because uh, obviously you've been doing this for me for, for a few years. Um, do you remember any of that at all? I know it's been a few years but... I think I had just come on like right after that post, so not nothing's jumping off the top of my head. So. Okay, okay, is it is it is around about that time? So, but uh, yeah, I, I put in the title for that episode, Konami sucks. Uh, but this week I've put Konami still sucks, um, which is a reference to that episode. Anyway, uh, there is a kind of hopeful announcement from somebody related to Konami, but I want to get to the uh, more negative story first. Um, there was a Metal Gear Solid board game in development, not a video game, a board game, not a pachinko machine either. Um, obviously they've got enough of those anyway. But uh, Konami cancelled said Metal Gear Solid board game. This was announced last week by a few different outlets. Any thoughts on Konami doing what Konami does and not doing things with Metal Gear? Uh, in, in regards to this? It kind of really just depends on if they feel they need to do anything with it. I mean, if I mean they're tired <laughs> of you know people jumping down their throat saying, give us more of this, and they never get around to bothering doing it, but they have mm. no reason to sell the IP or make a new game, I don't really see anything ever happening with that. Um, and it is unfortunate for the fans of the game to not be able to 
you know, enjoy further updates, especially when we oh, live absolutely. in yeah. an, an era of seemingly endless updates and remasters and reboots and relaunches and re-reboots and re-relaunches. So, <laughs> um, you know, for the fans of the game, it sucks. It really yeah, does. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, old Metal Gear Solid games are ripe for a remaster or a port or, or, or anything. Because, um, I mean, as I've been saying for quite a while, you know, the, these remasters of these 90s video games and even games that are a little bit older, you know, Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk, Medieval, Final Fantasy VII, I could go on and on. Um, Metal Gear Solid is one that could definitely do do that. Um, and, and Silent Hill as well. I mean, Capcom are doing it with Resident Evil. We got the remake of 2 and 3. Uh, 3 wasn't as good as 2, but they were still good games and good efforts from Capcom. At least they're bothering to do something with the IP. And, you know, we had uh, Resident Evil 7 a few years ago. We're getting Resident Evil 8 now. Um, so good that Capcom is at least bothering to do something with their their old franchises. But, uh, yeah, you can't even get a Metal Gear Solid board game. I don't know the reason they cancelled it. I didn't actually bother to look that up. But, um, I mean, it's a board game. Why can't you get a, a board game out? Uh, I don't know. So there might be a, a, a reason, but uh, I can't think of a good one. So, uh, and in reports, uh, other reports as well, um, there's reports of two Silent Hill video game reboots. Now, I don't know why you need to, well, if you're going to reboot Silent Hill, fair enough, but you don't need to do it twice, essentially. That's essentially what that is, is rebooting it twice in one go um, to make two different continuity versions of Silent Hill because that makes sense uh, reboots from Konami there was also a few reports that Konami is looking to do things with Metal Gear and Castlevania we've heard these things before we heard two years ago that Silent Hill was getting a a, a new game of some kind a revival or whatever um, so even though this was reported by a lot of um, reliable outlets uh, I still don't believe that this is, I mean it might be happening there might be things that are happening with with these games but whether or not those things ever see the light of day or get any progress before that uh, remains to be seen um so i don't think that this is i still don't think this is going to happen now this is a win-win situation for me in a way because if konami does do well, there's actually there's three scenarios that can happen here one of which is not good for anybody and the other two i win i suppose one of which is where they don't do anything with this and i'm right one of which is where they do actually do something with one of these IPs and it, the game turns out to be good and everybody's happy. And the other one is if Konami does want to do something with these games and you end up with an, um, another Metal Gear Survive and then you end up in the unfortunate situation of w whether it's another Metal Gear or Silent Hill or Castlevania or whatever, you end up with a new game but then nobody likes it. So it's sort of like, okay, you tried to do something but it wasn't good. But that, and that's the bad situation that we could end up in. Um, what do you think is going to happen here with Konami? Honestly, nothing. Nothing? They haven't done anything for how long now? I don't see that changing course. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Robert on that as well. Because uh, we've, we've seen reports before of, you know, they're doing this or that with Silent Hill or Metal Gear or Castlevania. Now, they did do the collection thing for Castlevania, so I'll, I'll give them that. Um, did you play that? collection yeah i purchased it and played it because it i'd grown up on some of those games uh if you're a fan of the old school 8-bit side scrolling mm -hmm. kind of map you know randomness kind of thing you'll absolutely like it it's per it's a perfectly good game they didn't 
updated anyway, so it still has some of the quirks with it, some of the, the glitches, the bugs. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of those old school games, it's absolutely worth the relatively low price that it is. I think it's like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something super cheap for as many games as you get. Cool. Uh, but yeah, if I'm to look at the situation with Metal Gear, Silent Hill, and Castlevania, I think it's then fair to say that the Castlevania fans are winning in some way, shape, or form. Because you've got the Netflix show, which I still haven't seen the second season of. But I've heard that that's continued to be good. I think there was a third season released as well. I've heard that the second and third season are quite good. Uh, me and you watched the first season, thought it was good. Um, and you've got the collection for Castlevania. I mean, if you're going to get anything out of Konami, those two things are pretty good results in, in this day and age. So uh, you've got you to gotta grab onto what you can get from this company. But uh, I don't believe that these things are going to happen, whether or not they're happening now. I don't think that these things will see uh, the light of day. So we'll see what happens, but it's up to Konami to to sort that out. Uh, let's move on to positive news, um, or it depends how you maybe look at things. I've uh, got some big news today from Sony. Well, two big pieces of news. Uh, actually, three. Wait, one, two, th- three pieces of news. Sorry, from from Sony today. This was kind of all in one day. Uh, let's go to the first one, uh, which is PSVR two, which is the title that I saw it called PSPS. Uh, PSVR 2 which would make sense has officially been announced Um, now we have a few little details nothing like major at the moment but a few little sort of notes so um, what was revealed for it today it's not going to be released in 2021 which kind of makes sense Uh, there will be one wire with the system I'm going to assume that wire goes straight from the headset itself or the VR thing itself straight to the PlayStation 5 um, there's going to be new controllers inspired by DualSense. That makes sense because the Move controllers, for those that might not quite know, those are actually for the PS3. So they're two generations old. They're still pretty good controllers, but you know, if you're going to do an updated PSVR system, you should probably do new controllers as well. And given that DualSense has got all this kind of like haptic feedback and stuff, if you then go ahead and make new controllers for PSVR, that kind of takes some of that. That would make sense. Plus, you could maybe do something more interesting in VR with the DualSense kind of haptic feedback stuff. There's probably some uh, advantages to that as well. Um, Yeah, so PSVR 2 is going to be a thing. So don't worry about buying it this year, unless it goes on pre-order later this year at some point. I don't know. But they said it's not going to be available in 2021. Um, We do have, uh, before we go to give our own opinions on this, I want to use this email as a jumping off point. Uh, Laura says, heard the PSVR news and wondered what Matt's plan is. How much do you think it'll cost? So my plan is to keep my... I'm not going to sell my PSVR tomorrow because I still want to use it and play it. Plus, I've not finished Job Simulator. Uh, so I still want to do those things and play a couple of other games on it as well. So I'm not, I'm not going to be selling my unit anytime soon. Plus, if it's not coming out this year, then I don't need to worry about that until next year. I probably, now it depends on the backwards compatibility situation maybe, like if I want to play PS4 VR games and those don't work on PS5 for some reason, because you can't, what was the rule again, you can't use, was it PS4 controllers for PS5 games on PS5, That I think that was it wasn't it, you can yeah. still use... Uh, you can still use a PS4 controller for a PS4 game on PS5, so like Last of Us 2 or something, or or a Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but if it's something like uh, Demon Souls, uh, you can't use a PS4 controller, which kind of makes a little bit of sense, but 
yeah, you can't use those. So I would imagine, I would imagine then that let's say Iron Man VR, which is a PS4 VR game. If I try to play now, if it's backwards compatible, that would be great. But I would sort of assume I could use my PS4 VR system with PS4 games. But if I wanted to play like let's say Blood and Truth 2 comes out or something for PS5, then I wouldn't be able to use um, the first PSVR unit with the PS5 games. So it's going to depend. Like, okay, do I do I will I need to keep the first unit for any kind of backwards compatibility thing because it would be good to be able to get a bit of money from that to put towards the new the new system and then just use that for everything um how do you how do you kind of see that going um well i have to figure that that's all tied to the haptics for the for the dual sense because they specifically reference that for the two so i imagine all that backwards compatibility and whether or not that would work would have to depend on whether the game the ps five vr2 game how much it integrates with those haptics and then how much of of the non-haptics they can use on the ps5 with the ps4 version or the the vr version one Mm -hmm. yeah plus i'd still have to get you know ps5 anyway (laughs) so that's uh that's obviously the first step that you got to do um laura says of course in terms so that's my rough plan i haven't really thought too much about it i mean that was announced a few hours ago so uh i probably won't think about it until next year or until we hear a bit more but the plan uh, sort of small plan at the moment is to try to get a bit of money for the if i don't need the system if i don't need the psvr unit anymore and i can just use the psvr 2 on ps5 for all vr games then i'll do that and then get rid of the psvr unit and get a bit of money from that towards the the new one so that's kind of my plan um, how much do you think it will cost? Uh, I mean, so the PS5 at the moment is what five hundred dollars in in the US for the yeah yeah, and then what four is it four forty nine for a digital version? A digital, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, PSVR two. How much can we see that being? I mean, it depends. Like, okay, could you get it with the new controller and the bundle there? Because you'd prob- you probably would need it with the new controllers anyway, so it would make sense to not sell them separately. Unless you need new controllers and then you want to buy them separately. But in terms of buying the PSVR 2 unit, you would probably want to buy that, first of all, with with whatever the new controllers are going to be. Um, $300, do you reckon? At a minimum, because that's what brand new... Uh... PSVRs are going for now is three, so at a minimum three, more likely three fifty or four. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked at either of those prices. Yeah, I can't remember how much I got my current VR unit for. It was less than two hundred pounds. I think it was about one hundred and sixty. I might have that wrong. It was a it was a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, that was that was roughly how much I think I think I got it for anyway. Uh, but yeah, what three three hundred three fifty? Is that what we're gonna guess? That for. Until I see like more specific specs, that's what I'm right. gonna really ballpark it at. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I would guess the let's say the new controllers on their own. Um, at least the cost of a dual sense on yeah, its probably own, sixty dollars or something. Yeah. Um. I mean, <laughs> heck, the uh, uh, Switch Pro controllers are still fifty pounds an hour. Uh, or fifty dollars now, and those are four years old. But that's what Nintendo does. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, 
But yeah, what do you think of all the information that we've got? One wire, new new controllers um, inspired by DualSense, and not in 2021. Yeah, the not in 2021 is no real shock. I mean, even yeah. under normal production values, production runs, they'd have a hard time getting enough out. Uh, past that, you know, we don't really have that much of a saturation with PS5, which is what these are clearly intended to be on. Uh, so there's no rush to get them out anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we shall see what uh, what happens with that. Uh, but that's the PSVR 2's things that we got. I could I I was anticipating that they were gonna do that eventually because if you're gonna go into a new generation of um, systems, you probably will need to you know update that headset as well or the yeah VR set as well. So that makes sense um, to to see that happen as well. Um, but yeah, because currently at the moment you have to you have to plug in a processor unit to your PS4, um, and then you plug in well, what one one long wire from the VR headset that's split into two like ends, and then you plug those two things into the front. But you have the little um, processor unit box, which, like I said the other week, I still do actually. I like the uh, the light feature on that because it tells you if downloads are done or not when when your uh, PS4 is in rest mode because the light will be blue. So I quite like that. Uh, let's move on to some other things. Um, some good will hear from uh, Insomniac Games and Sony. Uh, given that we're in pretty much lock- lockdown uh, still in in the UK at least. I don't know about like other countries and stuff. Um, but uh, as a, as part again of the Stay at Home, I think it's called the Stay at Home Initiative program. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 remaster version for PS4, is going to be free. You will not need PS Plus to download this. I don't know when this will be available specifically. I didn't see that announced, but uh, it will be, be available probably very soon. So if you're looking for some more games to play, and uh, you don't have necessarily as much uh, money to to maybe buy some things, or you don't you can't subscribe to ps plus or whatever the situation may be if you're looking to get some more games and you're stuck at home for any number of reasons uh ratchet and clank 4 not ratchet and clank 4 sorry ratchet and clank the remaster game is going to be available for ps4 and uh, just from my point of view uh i'd highly recommend that you download it and play it plus it's free anyway but uh it's a very good game it's a very good recreation of the first game uh i really liked it it was kind of my um adult return to uh to ratchet and clank because i'd kind of messed about with those games when i was when i was younger back on the ps2 but uh, as a 26 year old person now or i was i think i was well i was obviously younger at the at the time when this came out but uh yeah it was it was a good way to jump back into the games as a as an adult and kind of uh rediscover them um what's your thoughts on uh ratchet and clank being free on playstation 4 well i mean anything free is good i'm never going to argue against that um like i've said mm. before on the podcast, it's not uh, really a genre that I've ever gotten that much into, uh, but I'm definitely going to check it out because I literally have no reason not to. Um, we'll just have to see when it comes out and uh, you know what happens from there. So, cool, cool. I uh, just got a bit of um, sort of breaking news, a little bit. Uh, Tom Holland's doing a bit of trolling. On uh, Instagram, Tom Holland, who plays the current version of Spider-Man in the MCU, he put out a... um, Some people are confused as to whether this title's real or not, but Spider-Man Phone Home is the picture that's been tweeted out for the third Spider-Man film coming up. I think it's fake. Um, 
but uh, yeah, that was what Tom Holland just kind of put out. So uh, I'm sure we'll get the raw title at some point. I mean, it's supposed to come out in July, depending on how things go. Now you said phone home. Yeah, phone home. Okay, so that's a joke from the old uh, movie E.T. E.T. Phone Home, yeah. Which yeah. came out E.T. Phone Home. So yeah, that's clearly not going to be the title. <laughs> Cool. Uh, but uh, that's a little update from Tom Holland, sort of, uh, on that. Uh, let's get back to PlayStation stuff. So, yeah, Ratchet & Clank free on PS4 at some point soon, um, probably in the next couple of days, and I would recommend that you go and play that. Speaking of Sony, one last thing <coughs> that we've got, which is happening in two days' time, or just, just under two days' time. Uh, last week we had a uh, presentation from Nintendo, which was the Nintendo Direct, which we've talked about. Uh, but Sony's taking their turn this week with a state of play. We haven't had one this year. Have we had one this year? Don't think that we have had one this Not year. Not this calendar year, no. Not we had one like year. really close to the end of December. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's going to be one on Thursday. I didn't see a time confirmed, but it's usually 1 or 2 p.m. Pacific time. So just look out for whenever the time's going to be revealed. Uh, the um, release, the press release itself, well, not the press release. The information itself said that they're going to be focusing on uh, ten games that will be for PS5 and PS4. Now we don't know if all of those games will be PS4 and PS5. They just said the ten games will be f- focused for PS4 and PS5. I mean, we we don't know what we're going to get at the moment, but uh, presumably something of both at that point, uh, and some games that are going to be on both systems. Uh, such as some games that we know that are coming out, uh, like um, Horizon Forbidden West, we'll possibly see as well. Uh, any uh, expectations, anticipation, predictions, that kind of thing, as to what you'd like to see, want to see? How do you uh, feel? Not really, no. Um, I mean, we're we're going to get something, that's for sure. I doubt that we'll get a date for Forbidden West, just because we haven't early, really had maybe. a whole lot on it. Mm. Um, we might get like an updated trailer on it. You gotta admit though, the Sony State of Place have been kind of lackluster. There's never really been like the oh my god moment that we've had with some of the other ones. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they had the um, like presentation things for PlayStation. Those weren't quite like State of Play. Um, yeah. So if you if you when don't... we got like the first confirmation of what the machine looked like and uh, yeah, the yeah, pricing, we had, we, we had two of those, didn't we? Because mm-hmm. um, one revealed at the end what the PlayStation Five looked like, and then the second one revealed uh, God of War Ragnarok. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But those those weren't actually state of plays; those were just PlayStation presentations. Um, what I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see. Now this is a PS4 and a PS5 game. It's also on other other platforms as well. I'd like to see a bit of a full gameplay demo for Old World Soulstorm. Um, we did see the showcase of the, the the one minute long showcase last week. That's when we talked about it. Um, maybe a date as well. They did. Um, what's the names of the company? Odd Old World Inhabitants, I think, is the uh, development team's name. Um, they did tease that we could possibly have a date by the end of February. This would be a good chance for that because we're almost at the end of February. It finishes on. Sunday, because uh, obviously the 28th is on Sunday. Um, so I'd like to maybe see that with a date. That would be good because they did say that they're aiming for some time around spring. Uh, a March date for that would be quite good. I'd uh, look forward to that. Um, some maybe new trailer or gameplay for Horizon Forbidden West and maybe a sort of like summer 2021 or, or something. I'm not expecting like a, you know, 2nd of June or, or whatever, um, but maybe like a you know, like a, t- a time period kind of pinned thing. It's like summer 2021 or something. Um, 
What else could we see? Maybe something else for God of War Ragnarok. It's possibly a little bit early for that. Um, this obviously isn't just restricted to first and second party. It could be third party as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're supposed to have... Which of, which of the Warner Brothers games are we supposed to have this year? Is it um, Gotham Knights? Because Suicide Squad is 2022. And I'm pretty sure that um, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy got delayed to 2022. So maybe something from Gotham Knights? Possibly. That's going to be a PS4 and PS5 game. Um, so those are a few of my guesses. Uh, maybe there'll be a new game announced that we don't know about yet. Um, I don't know. What else is coming out? Gran Turismo, they said today, was delayed until 2022. So I'm not expecting to see anything from that. Uh, Ratchet & Clank, maybe a full... I mean, we know the date now. Maybe one kind of last... Uh, gameplay or trailer or something for that they could they could show off just to kind of like push the promotion for that a little bit more um what's the other game i'm sure there's one other game that i'm forgetting that's that's coming out for playstation but that, those are some of my guesses as to what we might see um but the main if i'm to say like a, what would i want from this presentation this state of play is a, a date for soulstorm uh or the world soulstorm i think that would be good uh and to show a little bit more of ratchet and clank so We'll see. Um, but what what specifically would you want uh, from this state of play? Uh, something that would blow me away. I mean, something either with a new IP or something mm-hmm. with some kind of announcement that made me just be like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think, who, who hasn't released a game recently for Sony? Because Insomniac are about to have gone twice because of um, Spider-Man... Miles Morales last year, and Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, Sony Ben for Days Gone. That was a few years ago. Maybe we could see something from them. Um, Guerrilla Games. What are they? Um, oh, that's a uh, Horizon, isn't it? Yeah, Guerrilla Games. Horizon Forbidden West. They haven't obviously done any. They haven't released since what 2017. That came out at the same time as Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, those are those are some of my guesses anyway. So. Uh, that's what I've got for the news. We'll see what they actually come out with on Thursday and what time it is exactly. So we'll see. Um, what uh, news did you want to talk about this week? Well, staying on Sony from the same article where you got the the PS, you know, the PSVR two stuff. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan confirmed that it was a straightforward decision to start porting. PS4 games to the PC, specifically with Days Gone in spring of 2021. Uh, According to the article, quote, I think a few things have changed. Uh, We find ourselves now in early 2021 with our development studios and the games that they make in better shape than they have been ever before. Particularly from the latter half of the PS4 cycle, our studios have made some wonderful, great games. There's an opportunity to expose those great games to a wider audience and recognize the economics of game development, which are not always straightforward the cost of making games goes up with each cycle and the caliber of the intellectual property has improved also our ease of making it available to non-console owners has grown so this is a fairly straightforward decision for us to make so obviously this is the second game that was a pc exclusive uh, ps4 exclusive the first one being a uh, horizon zero dawn so i know you played uh, a good chunk of days gone i tried it i just couldn't get into it um so what do you think about this coming to the pc now yeah i mean i would uh agree with what uh colin moriarty has been saying 
about these releases which is like when, when a game becomes you know three or four years old or whatever and sony's pretty much got every sale out of the game that they can why not put it on pc you know because at that point if you're gonna play it on ps4 and you've only got a ps4 then it doesn't really matter to you if it's going on pc now of course if one of these games get gets released on xbox or game pass that's an entirely different situation but yeah because uh, it still means that the game isn't available on Xbox, so it isn't on the direct competitor's console. Although, you know, if, if it kind of, you can kind of come up with another situation as well as to if you've got a PC, <clears throat> uh, you can then play obviously third party titles in better performance and everything, depending on what exactly you've got. You've then got Game Pass, so you can play most of the Xbox games, and you get certain selective games on uh, f- 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 from PS4 as well. Uh, plus you can get PlayStation Now on PC, so you do kind of get a good slice of everything if you're on PC. Obviously you don't get to play things like, you know, Breath of the Wild on Switch, because that's just a Switch game. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely a, a, an interesting decision to, you know, put this game on PC. You know, it's probably got most of its sale. There, there's going to be people over the next, obviously, even couple of years that go, Hey, Days Gone, I heard good things, or whatever, they pick it up on PS4. Uh, some of those people probably won't even know that the game's on PC, because they're... Maybe a little bit more of casual gamers, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you know, just someone who kind of maybe like casually browses games and things, and they kind of say like, "Hey, I heard of the, I heard of this Days Gone thing. It's it's kind of cool from what I heard," and they just sort of pick it up and play it. Um, so this this doesn't affect those people, and it won't really it won't be affecting the main obviously important part here for Sony, which won't really apply, is this won't affect the game sales on PS4 because the game's been out for a few years already anyway. Um, because I'm expecting eventually more games, more more older PS4 titles to be released on uh, PC. Um, so I think, yeah, Horizon, which is four years old now, uh, which is weird to think that that game's four years old. But uh, that's available on PC. Death Stranding, which I know is a second party exclusive from Kojima, uh, that's available on PC. You're, you're going to get more of them as time goes on. Hey, in about three or four years, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part Two. Uh, will probably be on on PC as well. Uh, do you know if the first Last of Us is on PS uh, is on uh, PC? Because uh, you can probably uh, get it through um, PlayStation Now, probably. Whether or not that's the PS4 remaster or the PS3 version, I don't know. But I'm going to assume that's available in some way, shape, or form on PC. Um, um it's not on Steam. Okay. Um, I doubt it would be on anything else. I mean, it probably wouldn't be on like the uh, Epic Store or, or Origins or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's not there, I'm not that familiar enough with uh, PS Now to know if that even works on a PC or how well it works. So mm-hmm. I think you can. I think you can use it on PC. Yeah, I just don't know about because um, they've got certain restrictions, haven't they? To where on on PS4 you can download. PS2 and PS4 games, but not PS3. Um, so I don't know if you can like stream PS3 games on PC through PlayStation Now. How that would I I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I mean I haven't I haven't used PlayStation Now probably for about two or three years myself because uh, I did obviously dip in at some point and uh, and try it out. It just didn't work very well because it's streaming games. So, um, but. Yeah, more more of these are gonna gonna happen. I mean, eventually at some point, Spider Man, the first one, the twenty eighteen game, is probably gonna be on PC. Um, it's just what once they've kind of used their big amount of value 
on the PS4, there's no reason to not really have them on PC. Now, Microsoft's obviously taking a different approach, which is kind of like, okay, we're just going to put our Game Pass system on there, and the whole, like, day and date thing with exclusives and that, so... Yeah, that's uh, that's a different situation, but um, yeah, it's interesting differently. So, uh, what uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, we have kind of a recap from the opening day of BlizzCon. I know you're not much of a PC guy, but there was a couple interesting moments. Uh, the first off is the announcement of the Blizzard Arcade Collection, which is going to be on consoles. So it's going to be on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, the, the collection includes the Lost Vikings, Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn, which are all very old school uh, Blizzard games. Those go back to the mid-90s. Um, got a couple of announcements for Bruin and Crusade being ported as the classic. Um, Hearthstone is getting a big update. Uh, Diablo 4 got the Rogue um, character announced. Uh, Diablo 2 is getting an HD remake. Um, probably my favorite thing for the whole thing. I didn't actually watch it because I'm not that much into the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going off the recap here. Um, people that are longtime fans of the show know the one thing I love above all else is irony. Just heavy, heavy irony. <laughs> and they were doing the BlizzCon online on Twitch, and they had Metallica doing a concert at the end of the show. And they had to mute Metallica's song and play some chiptune eight, you know, eight bit crap because they could not play the song over Twitch for fear of a DCMA strike. Um, and what made it doubly ironic is this goes back to way before your time in the pre two thousands, but like right up into then when Napster and LimeWire and other music sharing services were a thing, Metallica was one of the big bands very heavily pushing what eventually became the uh, D- Digital Millennial Copyright Act. Um, if you if you want and see just like pure cringe, you can find an old MTV skit they did for one of their award shows that nobody gives a crap about to where um, Marlon Wayans plays like you know a character of like some college student and then Metallica comes in and just nicks all his stuff, saying, oh, we're not stealing it, we're sharing it, which was them referencing what music sharing services were. It was, I mean, to be fair, they were not wrong. It was technically violating a copyright act, but in a way that I don't know if they ever established um, violated the existing laws, which is how the DMCA came into being. Um, so just the the sheer double irony for Metallica having their songs muted because of things like that just makes me laugh like a maniac. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did see a little bit of the music that was played. It was very odd. Um, so because I heard about you know they got the D uh, they got the DMC TCMA. I, I always forget what the actual letters are in in which order. Um, yeah, DMCA Del- D- Digital Millennial Copyright Act because it came out about. I want to say a 102, something like that. Okay. Um, But yeah, they got that takedown, and yeah, it's uh, that's the way that uh, the tricky way that copyright can act sometimes. Yeah, and it's not just limited to to Metallica. I mean, hell, the lead guitarist for Dragon Force had his Twitch channel banned for seven days for playing Dragon Force songs on his own personal Twitch channel. Uh, Just the law. It's super weird. Mm. Yeah, I remember um, 
can't remember which YouTuber it was that I watched, but uh, somebody was like watching a trailer or something that I was I was watching, um, and they had two they had two seconds of a copyrighted piece of music in their YouTube video, and the YouTube the video got taken down, um, and the, the guy was kind of rightfully saying like, look, if it was like a thirty seconds or a minute or something, but two seconds like you can't really even get anything from that, uh, like that's that's not stealing that's just accidentally playing music for two seconds so i mean yeah the the finicky world of copyright on youtube and twitch can be damaging uh for at least from from what i've seen as well so it's uh it's a, it's a weird world out there for, for for these sorts of things uh in terms of the actual um blizzcon thing itself uh yeah, I mean, I don't have too much investment in Blizzard game, Blizzard games myself. My interest for Overwatch is kind of gone, unfortunately. I enjoyed of what I played of it for like a couple of years, but uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is uh, where my where my multiplayer time is is spent at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the loads of people getting happy about the, the Diablo announcement, and like like we've always said before, if somebody gets happy over an announcement of a game or really anything um and the even if you don't have the interest of that particular property um it's still good that those people get to uh have the uh the content that they want so i'm happy for those mm-hmm. people like i saw some people really just cheering on twitter and i was like good for these people you know they they're getting a, a game that they really really want so you know it's not got anything to do with me necessarily but like if i would if the situation's flipped around um then you know I'd I'd want to get excited about announcements that are that are good. So uh, credit to or happy for happy for those people definitely. So, but yeah, I saw that the event was happening. I didn't watch it or anything because I just I I don't have any investment in those games particularly. So uh, any thoughts yourself on anything that was that was announced? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not in that ecosystem at all. Um, the the art the classics collection I might pick up just because I do remember playing the Lost Vikings as a very early kind of multi not multiplayer but multi character puzzle game to where you had one character with an axe one character with a shield and I forget what the third character had but you had to select one and move them to a position and then select the other one and then do something and then select the third one and get them to do something else, which triggered something to get the first one to be able to do something else. And so it was very uh, sequential, kind of like trying, but not with like summoning magic shapes. So, hmm. And plus, I've always been fascinated with like the early, early days of a company that's like super huge now, just to see that early genesis of what they did. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, circling back to Kojima, for those people that don't read and know Japanese. His book is getting republished in English. Uh, In 2019, he published a collection of essays uh, from, you know, from his early works. It was all about uh, pop culture that inspired and influenced his approach to games. It also included a conversation with musician, uh, again, Hoshio, who appeared on the Death Standing soundtrack. Uh, The Japanese book came out with an English title labeled The Gift genie and the gifted genie and the lovable memes uh which is a fun title but i'm sure that something got lost in translation uh when they republished it also in japanese in paperback they gave it a, a updated title of the memes i love 
Um, when it does come to, I'm assuming Europe and America, the English book is going to be titled um, "The Quirky." Where is it? The The Creative Genie and How Books, Movies, and Music Inspired the Creator of Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid. Uh, no real date on that. Um, they're saying possibly um, October 2021. It might be available for pre-order, but that's not confirmed. Plus, let's be honest, anything. Unless you're buying the digital version, nothing's guaranteed at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, this could be something I take an interest in. I mean, I am interested in the... How do I put this in a way that kind of makes sense? Just uh, his his kind of creative process, because I do think even though there is other people in the world that make similar things, uh, like you've got shows like Legion and um, so, so some of these other kind of mind-bending, timey-wimey sort of stories, uh, like a Christopher Nolan as well with Tenet and with um, Inception. But I just think that... Uh, cause so, so what, there's other people that have kind of done that, like Noah, Noah, Noah Holly as well. Hawley, Noah Hawley, uh, who did um, Fargo and, and Legion. Let Fargo is less sort of, you know, mind-bending and that, but uh, Le- Legion was. Um, but I think that, I just think that Kojima's got a very, very particular brand of that that I don't think anybody else quite does in the same way. So that's the reason I kind of have the extra interest in him. Um, and that's that's the reason, again, that I said that, you know, if, if you're going to do a Metal Gear Solid film or a TV show or another game or whatever... You need Kojima to do that because he's the one that made that story. He's the one that he's he's the brains behind the operations there. And if you're going to take those brains out of those operations, um, there isn't really anybody that I can think of that would. Sure, again, you know Christopher Nolan or maybe Damon Lindelof. Even uh, sure, you could maybe put someone like that in there. Depends on what exactly it is that you're making. But I just think that Kojima's brand of it is so particular. Uh, so particularly sort of just weird and wonderful in in the best way possible that I just don't I don't know any other creative person whether it's a writer director actor whatever um, I don't know anybody that works quite the exact same way um, so if yeah if he's got if he's got a book out and I'm going to be able to read it in English um, that uh, sounds interesting to me so how about you yeah, I mean, in terms of other creative minds, there are some that I would like, um, possibly. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, obviously. Um, all the legendary films that he's made. Uh, somebody more modern, Zack Snyder, um, would be kind of an interesting read. Mm. Um, what was that one guy's name? Hang on one second, let me find that. Um, mm. uh, I gotta think of the guy's name for one second. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested in like a documentary on uh, what happened with Justice League. Yeah, I mean, we are going to get the Snyder Cut here yep. in uh, about a month and a half. Um, let me see, where was that? Just under a month, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 23rd of February, and it's going to be the 18th of March. So... Who are you, uh, uh, Werner uh, Herzog. I don't know why that name wouldn't pull into my head. He's done a lot of really crazy movies back in the day. Um, so he's somebody that I would want. I mean, given, unless this book's like crazy expensive, I'm probably going to go ahead and buy it just because even though I'm not as invested as you are with the Metal Gear series, I never played Death Stranding. He's a creative enough type that I would definitely want to read some of his thoughts. Mm, yeah. Just, just see what's going on in that interesting mind. 
Um, and I do gen. I don't mean obviously. I'm not meaning any insult to Kojima because I I mean him the best, and I'm trying to be positive about him. But just uh, he's just got a particular way of the, the the way his mind works towards his creative um, you know endeavors, and I'm just very interested in uh, what goes on inside that brain and and how he kind of maybe comes up with some of those ideas and yeah. So because whether whether it's Metal Gear Solid One, Five, or Death Stranding. Uh, which is the three of his games that I've played. I mean, I played Metal Gear Solid 2 and parts of Metal Gear Solid 3. I didn't actually finish those games, though. Um, but uh, at least I did. Did I finish Metal Gear Solid 2? I can't actually remember if I finished it. I did play a lot of it. I can't remember if I, fin- if I finished it. But uh, certainly in terms of Metal Gear Solid 1, 5 and uh, Death Stranding. Um, and obviously PT as well that uh, that he did. But obviously that wasn't a, that wasn't a full game. Um, he's He's got an interesting mind. So... Uh, you have my interest with that. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, kind of a semi-prediction, semi-thought uh, um, process. Uh, game speed writer and podcaster Jeff Grubb said on his podcast that he suspects that Bethesda will have some sort of full direct style event here, either by the end of March or by the start of April. Uh, his reasoning is that the purchase of uh, ZeniMax and subsequently Bethesda by Microsoft should clear the uh, the legal everything that the, uh, that you know a big company buying another big company right. would happen uh, that's cleared to schedule before the end of uh, mid-March so they're like first week of March they're saying that's all going to be done and on on the books and then official and then that once that's done then they'll be able to talk more about it so he suspects that they've got plans already in the works that once they can officially, officially uh, talk about it and announce it, then they'll do their own kind of direct, you know, you know, direct style event like with, with Microsoft has done, although that is going to be a Microsoft property now. So Microsoft might have, um, you know, an event, which I could absolutely see. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of questions to be sure. And uh, everybody that's high enough, uh, high enough up in that company has obviously had to dance around it. Um, if you listen to uh, Larry Herb's podcast or you listen to Phil Spencer or, or any of those guys, they talk about it, but then they kind of have to catch themselves and dance around this that, and the other depends on whatever they're talking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cause there's certain things they probably can't talk about at the moment for various different reasons than that. So, um, and mostly yeah. legal. I mean, they really and, can't and talk about things. stuff yeah. like that. Embargoes and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, as I've said before about Microsoft, um, I think I said this two or three weeks ago. Uh, you know, I do see a lot of the value in Game Pass, certainly for from a back catalogue perspective and from a third-party games perspective as well. But uh, I do think it's going to be... I mean, when... My question towards that is when, when is the time going to be to where, okay, you've got these... Is it 22 studios 23 23 overall yeah when are those gonna start pumping some games out no i don't mean obviously put 23 games out in one year or even two years um but put out like i don't know three or four or four or or something like that or just kind kind of announce some of those i mean two that we know that are kind of on the horizon is halo infinite and uh was it called Hell- Hellblade 2 Senua's Sacrifice uh help uh, it's interesting with Halo cuz obviously the director of the game left and then they had to get a new one um 
But uh, and obviously, you know, the game received some backlash because of how it looked and and that sort of thing. So it got delayed because it was going to launch with the Series X, but it didn't. So like, where's where, where's the progress with that? Where is the progress with Hellblade Two? And you know, what else is everybody else working on? I guess. Uh, I mean, we know that we got things like State of Decay. Is it three? Yes, yeah, State of Decay three on the way. Uh, the Fable game. And some others as well, probably some sort of Forza game as well. But uh, I just wonder when they're going to start adding some of these new games that are coming out to uh, to Game Pass themselves, so or to Game Pass itself. Yeah, and then plus we've got the two games that were that are initially going to be PS4 exclusives, uh, that being Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. I figure at some point we'll just that'll just get moved to being a timed exclusive because I kind of think that that was. Yeah. It's going to be a time exclusive anyway. Maybe, and then yeah. from Bethesda themselves, we've got Starfield and uh, the next uh, Elder Scrolls game, mm. which one and or both of those have to completely crush it after the abysmal failure-ish that was Fallout 76. I can't really call it a complete failure because on the books, financially, it did make them a lot of money. It just burned off all the goodwill they had earned over the years from all their other franchises. So they really need like, they need like home runs. They need like six goal wins to, Mm. to really bounce back on that. Yeah. Yeah. And from a personal taste perspective, I'd like to see what they're going to do next with uh, Wolfenstein because uh, the game before Wolfenstein Youngblood, uh, I really, I really did quite enjoy it. But then I heard just so many bad things about what they did with Youngblood because um, there's there's a lot of different reasons why I'm disappointed with how that turned out. One one of them is because you know the, their dad gets captured and the two daughters, the the twin daughters, um, they go on a mission to get him back. And I've already I've always liked this kind of idea of like passing the torch. So that's kind of what you were doing with that story. And then you made it this weird like hub world game instead of a linear story. You just sort of changed too much. So what are they? What's what's the next for that franchise? I mean, I've got no idea how how that game ends. So we'll see. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what uh, Microsoft, Bethesda, and everybody else um, does in the future. So we'll see. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, speaking of things being in the weird state of flux, uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two has had its launch delayed indefinitely. Um, the the whole process has had kind of a rocky start since they announced it back in 2019. Mm. Uh, Brian Mitsoda, narrative director, and uh, Kai Clooney, creative director, both left in the latter half of 2020. And now the development team is completely gone. Uh, Paradox Interactive posted on a statement to both their website and Twitter account explaining that Hardsuit Labs, quote, will no longer be leading the development of Bloodlines 2, they go on to say that the game would not meet its intended 2021 release, obviously. Uh, they did thank the team for laying the groundworks for the game, but now the game doesn't have anybody actually making it as far as I can tell. Hmm. Yeah. It's a shame. You know, these things do happen in the world. Uh, I mean, look at what happened to, like, you know, Telltale and some of these other kind of companies and that. Um but uh, yeah, I wish the I wish the team the best with with what's happened, and we'll see. We'll just have to see what happens, kind of going forward. But uh, it's a shame. So, uh, what did you want to say about the situation? Yeah, um, that game kind of got on my radar in a bi- bad way about a year ago from some of the stuff they were 
saying with it. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know if it'll even apply anymore. But there was like some really weird decisions with some really weird things going on with it. Well, like um, I doubt we yeah, have with the story. I doubt that it, that it affected the development in any way, unless the people, unless uh, the studio that was developing it was just like took some like kind of immobile wall stance of saying we will not do this. Mm-hmm. But considering the game had enough development to get a trailer out, I really doubt that. Right. Um, yeah. So it'll be curious if we ever find out the exact reason what happened. Which, let's face it, we're not going to. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, from my perspective on that, I know nothing about this franchise at all, so I can't speak to anything that you've you've kind of uh, hinted at there. So, um, but yeah. So, but uh, best of luck to the team, and we'll see where things end up. I uh, just wanted to kind of add a note in here um, about the PlayStation State of Play. It's Thursday, the 25th of February, so in two days' time, or a day and a half. Uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. So that is 10 p.m. for the UK time. So those are the times for your time zones. Uh, so f- 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, and then so that would be 5 p.m. for you, wouldn't it? Uh, and then 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So check that out when you can. Of course, it will be avail- available afterwards on uh, PlayStation's YouTube-, YouTube channel and whatnot. So uh, that's your times for the PlayStation State of Play. Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Oh, well, the last thing I got is uh, right before we started recording, they announced the March Games with Gold. Um, mm. So for the 360, it'll be Metal Gear Slug 3, which is kind of an interesting side-scrolling shooter. A game called Port Royale 3, which I don't know a lot about, but from the looks of it, it's a pirate game. Uh, Warface Breakout is on the Xbox One and is uh, upscalable to the Series S and Series X. And then the last one, it caught my attention, if nothing else, for the title. It is VALA, which is an acronym for Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll let you go first, first sorry. Uh, what do you think of these selections? They're interesting. I'm familiar with the Metal Slug game. They originally started out as an arcade game, so I'll probably try that one at least. Uh, Port Royale, you know, like I said, pirate game based off of just what it lo- what the cover art looks like. Uh, I might try that for a bit just to see what it's like. I'm not familiar with uh, Breakout. It looks kind of like a, a first-person shooter game. But like I said, just the concept of an Attack Llama Apocalypse, um, I'll I'll give it an hour. What the hell? <laughs> I've played weird games. You finished Untitled Goose Game, and that's just you being an asshole goose for a few hours. So let's see what mm-hmm. let's see what Vicious Attack Llamas look like. I forgot like. to mention that at the top, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I I'd finished it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good game. It's a good time. Uh, the last piece of the game is is very interesting as well. But uh, yeah, some some reason I forgot that I finished that. Not because I didn't enjoy it. I definitely did, but it just slipped my mind. But um. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was about a two to four hour game, depending on how long things take you. So that was pretty good. Um, I'd be again, like I said, when I first played it, I'd be very interested to see if you could do the same thing, but with the, with a different type of animal. Um, it would have to be an animal that can kind of like cause you bother, 
So maybe like a cat or something that would like jump around and that. I don't know. So we'll see. There is a first-person game that has a VR component to where you play as a cat and your yeah. entire goal is just to knock shit off of everything. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I'll just say this about the games with gold. It's a good thing that they didn't stick to the price um, increase that they set a few weeks ago because when they said that and obviously they got a bunch of negative feedback about like what the hell are you doing and then they reversed their decision uh i'm glad that they reversed that decision um i don't know i mean these games might be better than what i think they are or how i feel that they are but i really do think for about maybe six months now that you've had the odd good game here and there the odd pretty good game i mean you did have little nightmares one I think at mm-hmm. some point, which is pro- which is probably the best game that they've offered uh, over the last six months. That and probably Gears of War Five is uh, two two of the best. Um, other than that, what else have they over- offered over the last six months? Um, those are the two that kind of come to mind. But yeah, I I like I've said before, I do think it's definitely a case that like more effort into Game Pass, less kind of effort into games with gold. But then on the PlayStation side more effort into playstation plus with the two games that they've got there because uh, you had like control and concrete genie and you had um was it man eater was uh one of yeah. this month's games yeah pretty pretty good selection there plus control was the ultimate edition which had the the dlc and stuff which i've now claimed if you want to call it that um pretty good pretty good couple of months for ps plus um but like yeah P- playstation now is kind of like going along and whatever um and they've they've added some things to that but i i don't know i think at some point microsoft's got to make some sort of choice with with games with gold um but i at the end of the day i think if you've got um game pass ultimate and you get xbox live so that you can play online and get discounts and you can get games pass there's some value in that and then games with gold is kind of just thrown in um i just think they've got to make a bit of a decision at some point about what they do with with games with gold because it's been because i i've only off the top of my head named two games from about the last six months that have been to to my taste anyway you know people might love some of these games more than me i recognize that but i don't know how how do you kind of feel feel about that like what they do with this going forward yeah i'm kind of in the same boat on you know on the one hand i am glad that they are offering something for free um, I think they've definitely dialed it back a bit since they're moving so much of their stuff to Game Pass. Mm. I mean, out of the four games, the most expensive one is twenty bucks U.S. Um, versus like Control, that was easily a fifty dollar game. A um, couple others on the PlayStation side have been, you know, full price forty fifty dollar games. Um, going past that, I do see. Not immediately, but at some point they will just get rid of gold and it'll just be nothing but ultimate. Mm. Um, How much of a reaction that's going to be, I don't know. Um, Mm. But that's just my prediction based off of the fact that, you know, we went through that brief weird month where I couldn't buy gold games. And then when I did the three years to max it out and then did the dollar upgrade to ultimate. Yeah. The guy that I was chatting with on Microsoft said, you know, that there's not going to be gold when this expires. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, so 2022, maybe. Mm, yeah. Gold will yeah, be on. Uh, just, 
because when you think about it, the, remember Xbox Silver? That was the non-paid service. You didn't get any bonuses or anything. I just registered your account to have it. And yeah. when was the last time Silver was even mentioned? Mm. Yeah, that's technically what I've got now. Because yeah. I don't have... I mean, mine expires at... No, not at the moment. My my, my uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which I'm not renewing, um, expires at some point in March. So, te- so technically, if you haven't got Gold or Game Pass, you do have Silver because it's still the same function. Yeah, they just um, don't reference it at they all. Just don't, they just don't call it that. So, yeah. Um, I remember being at school and, like, you'd kind of get... Not in, not in a good way, to be honest. You'd kind of get like, oh, you've got Xbox Silver. You're cheap or whatever. But there's, these were, like, you know, kids at school. So, you know, obviously those those sorts of things happened. But um, I remember people would get picked on for, like, hey, you, you can't play FIFA or you can't play Call of Duty online. you got Silver and you suck kind of thing. Um, but uh, eventually, everyone I think had Xbox Live Gold, and uh, that was never spoken of again. So, anyway, um, yeah, but yeah, I think I just think at some point they need to make a decision and sort of restructure this a little bit. So, we shall see. Uh, that's everything that you said. That was your last thing, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's what we've got for you for the news for this week. Um, we do have one more email to get into. Uh, of course, we read read uh, Laura's email earlier about PS uh, VR, and uh, we spoke about that. Uh, but if you would like to write in with your th- thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns, whatever about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter e Talk UK does contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Pablo says, "I have been playing Bioshock and enjoying it. Thoughts on the series?" Question mark. I got the Bioshock collection as a rental on two different occasions because I just heard endlessly good things about it. Plus, Colin and Chris from uh, Sacred Symbols love those games. Uh, and they kept going on about it again and again and again in, in a good way. They were, try- they were trying to get, you know, they were trying to encourage people to play a set of games that they really liked. And uh, I always think that that's something to kind of appreciate. Um so I just kept hearing over and over and over again. This is like you know, a re- really, really good game. Really, really, really good game. Um, I jumped into the games on two different occasions. They just did not click for me, unfortunately. Um, now, I don't know what, what stuck out to me more. I think the, the gameplay felt a little bit off. And the story wasn't quite so interesting to me. Because I wanted to kind of cling on to one or the other. Either I'm going through this gameplay, which I don't quite enjoy... For a story which is quite interesting. Or I'm ignoring the story which isn't as good. But enjoying the gameplay. But neither of those elements really stuck out to me so much. So I just stopped playing because I stopped having the interest. Um, but I know that there's a lot of fans of the series. And uh, it's good that you've got the collection on uh, on PS4. So was that a um, PS Plus game at some point? I think I remember that it was. It might have uh... been. Maybe one of them was. Maybe not, not the, the collection. collection. I, I definitely think some of that had been Bioshock on a Games with maybe. Gold. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, uh, what about you, Bioshock? I've tried it a couple of times. I'm in the same vein. I wish I liked it more than I did. Me, me it too. just, yeah. it it doesn't click. It just, for whatever reason, it just does not click. Mm-hmm. And I had the same thing with uh, the Witcher series. And I recognize that visually that's a very good game and story-wise that's a very good game but it just never resonated with me on a level that wanted me to try to keep learning how to play it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I recognise that there's qualities there for Bioshock. I just have no real interests in those qualities. Um, but as we always say, you know, if you enjoy something, go ahead and enjoy whatever that is. So, there you go. And that is what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, lots to discuss, lots that has been discussed today. Uh, discussed, sorry, I'm losing my ability to speak now. Uh, so we need to wrap up the episode. Uh, but if you like what you've heard today and you want to hear more of what we do, you can of course find everything that we do indeed on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast so check out everything that we do just a reminder that The Walking Dead returns next week so check out our podcast of the newest episode on Wednesdays as we have done for the last four seasons or whatever so check that out on Wednesday Uh, but TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast Uh, just a reminder by the way for those that listen to the United cast um, I did say on Sunday that uh, Thursday's episode, which is the second leg against Real Sociedad, will be the same type of podcast. But on that podcast, which will be on Thursday, I'm going to be talking about what I'm going to do with Sunday's podcast. Just going to be a bit of an experimental kind of thing, you know, both for me and the audience. It's good for me to experiment with different types of podcasts and trying different things. Um, Just a a particular idea that I've got, and I will talk about what that is on thursday on that particular podcast for that i'm looking forward to trying the particular thing that i've got in mind and uh, we'll see how it works out i'll tell you in a minute robert what it is but um yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to to trying to do that uh, you'll you'll get the same kind of review and thoughts from me but it will be in a different kind of format so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to doing that but look out for that on um thursday and on sunday so there's that as well if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of it that would be great you can do that through a few different options uh patreon the one dollar three dollar level tiers for uh ad free podcast and review options so please consider doing that if you don't want to do that that's perfectly fine you can simply just tell people that you know about the content word of mouth just tell people you know just anyone that wants to, to listen to podcasts on, on those different things, just tell them it. And if you, of course, are on social media, you can use Facebook, Twitter, different Facebook groups, or whatever you use these days to tell people that you know about the content. Either share the posts or just message people, whatever, and tell them where to find us. Of course, entertainmenttalk.org, or they can search for Entertainment Talk on podcast platforms. Uh, David is, of course, still posting his... Um, up-to-date reliable tv and film news over on geek town geek town to credit uk and geek town radio uh there is i did see earlier the new episode of geek town for this week is available to be listened to uh, of course for tv as well don't forget the star is now available on disney plus so if you've got that go and check out the dozens of editions of uh tv series there's just so many things on there but uh, check out geektown.co.uk and geektown radio on tuesday's new episode today for that beck still streams daily at the moment over on twitch trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s so go and check her out over on there i will be streaming something at some point soon if twitch wants to actually work that would be great uh, but you can find me on twitch as well etalk uk for that thanks for listening and we will see you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>